note that Tesla had a gap loss for the year of 2019 after a loss for the year 2018, which was after a loss for the year 2017, 2016, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8. All of Tesla's history, they've lost money based on generally accepted accounting practices. The Tesla Q podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended for and should not be used as financial, investment, or trading advice. Research associated with fiscal decisions should be conducted elsewhere. The host of the show possesses no license or credentials to warrant accepting advice based on what is heard on the Tesla Q podcast. Additionally, even though the host and guests may hold positions in companies discussed on the show, they don't have insights into the next time step of the simulation. Therefore, do not make any financial decisions based on the contents of the podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 56 of the Tesla Q podcast. I don't yet have a title for this episode, but I'm just going to start talking. As always, if you'd like to be a contributor to the podcast, go to patreon.com slash Tesla Q podcast and become a monthly contributor. I have not yet had a chance to go through the quarter four 2019 financials, which was of course for the, the full year. 2019 uh, to add those into my spreadsheet uh, as I I think I mentioned on a prior episode I did throw out some estimates uh, before the quarter four results were announced my estimates were fairly close uh, I was I was low on revenue a little bit high on earnings per share with my my case um, my case was based on other people's cases I'm going to throw in the actual results and hopefully get that published this weekend. I've been really, really busy at work lately. That's why I haven't done an episode since number 55. And since episode 55, of course, we've had one of the most crazy stock price runs, maybe of all time, uh, with, with Tesla's rise after earnings. Uh, immediately after earnings, the price shot up to about 650, held at 650, uh, pretty much through the conference call. Pretty much through the day, that Thursday and Friday, uh, the very end of January. And then on Monday, it gapped up and went on a crazy, crazy run. And on Tuesday, February the 4th, I think it was, it hit a high of $968.90-something cents. I forget the exact numbers. I'm sure many of you listening probably know the exact numbers. And... Late in that day, it had a greater than $100 per share drop within seven minutes. So that was fun. Uh, subsequent to that, it's moved around a pretty good bit. They filed their 10K and immediately raised uh, what ended up being $2.3 billion of capital. It was uh, the normal part of the offering was $2 billion, And then the green shoe portion was... 300 something more million. Elon Musk bought $10 million of that. And Larry Ellison bought a whopping $1 million of that, that raise. Uh, when he initially became, or just before he became a director of Tesla, he bought $1 billion of Tesla stock. Uh, three, it was, I think exactly 3 million shares. Nice round number, which I think I did the calculation earlier today at $900 per share, and it was worth about $2.7 billion, his total stake. So I'm recording this on February 20th, 2020, a nice round number 
date. Uh, it's not not the palindrome like 20202, but oh well, it's still still close. So into the episode. So as I said, crazy share price. Tesla has announced their actual results. Uh, as a, I haven't haven't dug deeply into the results, but I will just point out that the revenue for the second half of 2019, I think, may have actually been down from the second half of 2018. Uh, the numbers were very very close. The amount of gap profit that Tesla made in the second half of 2019 was lower than in 2018 on many many more deliveries so that's that's one side of the narrative that's the side of the narrative that that I have paid attention to much to my detriment financially uh, but that that side of the narrative is completely ignored by the other side of the trade where people are looking only at the fact that Oh, they're about to release the Model Y. They're about to have the China Gigafactory humming along full speed. They're about to tear down that forest in Berlin, which is only for cardboard anyway, a man-made forest. Going to have a new new Gigafactory in Berlin. Buffalo. Buff, what? Why are you asking about Buffalo? They're, surely they're going to have their 1,400 employees there and not have to pay the $41.2 million fine or penalty, whatever word you want to use for it. Um, cyber trucks right around the corner, semis right around the corner. Everything is awesome. That's, uh, that, that's the side of the story that the bulls are seeing. And then people like me see the gap profit number. Uh, note that Tesla had a gap loss for the year of 2019 after a loss for the year 2018, which was after a loss for the year 2017. 2016, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8. All of Tesla's history, they've lost money based on generally accepted accounting practices. Uh, there's a reason that generally accepted accounting practices became generally accepted, and that's because they try to levelize and give a view of what the uh, normal run rate profitability of a company would be. And for Tesla, it's negative. They uh, they lose money. They burn cash. That's why they raised two point three billion dollars at the beginning of February or middle of February twenty twenty here. When nine months earlier in May of twenty nineteen, they just raised two point eight billion dollars of cash. So five point one billion dollars within a ten month span of outside capital raised. Uh, that. For a 17-year-old business, 16, 17-year-old business, there, there are definitely two different views from which this company can be looked at. And clearly, I hold one of those views and other people hold a completely different view. And we'll see what happens ultimately. Um, my guess is that Tesla will raise outside capital again at some point in the future. That uh, Elon Musk's words that the business is... Uh, self-funding and will be cash flow positive from here on into the future other than maybe a few exceptions for product launches um, and two weeks later let's raise 2.3 billion I will fully grant that the situation changed because the share price when he made those comments was at about $650 per share and subsequently it 
got as high as $968 per share, and ultimately they raised capital with equity at $767 per share. So I fully grant that the situation changed, the share price was higher, and it was a very, very advantageous time to raise capital. Why they only went for $2 billion, ultimately $2.3 billion, and not for $10 billion to fully clean up their balance sheet, that's another question. Um, likely, Elon did not want to have that level of dilution. So that's kind of what has been going on in Tesla land. A uh, couple things I'm going to do in the future, or plan to do in the future, no guarantees. I definitely want to plug in the actual numbers from quarter four into the, my spreadsheet. And after I do that, I want to uh, make a couple quarter one scenarios uh, based on my estimated delivery range for quarter one, which I have held steady to date uh, since either since late in December or at least early January. I've stuck with a range of 78,000 to 88,000 deliveries for quarter one 2020. That's my estimate. I've yet to see anything that makes me think that that range will be off. Uh, Every data point that I've seen so far makes me think that that range is still likely to be accurate. Um, I have no idea if if I'm going to end up going above that range or below that range. But based on the Netherlands, Spain, and Norway, and the very, very limited deliveries that they've had so far in quarter one, that doesn't make me think that the the 88,000 will be too low definitely um based on US activity based on the the Troy test like tracker those don't make me think that 88,000 is going to be too low maybe they'll have another end of the quarter push like last year that's possible and at such a time i may have to revise my estimate up to like 90,000, maybe 90,500 deliveries for quarter one. We'll, we'll see about that. But uh, I did actually write out some notes. So far, I've just been rambling. That's what happens when you don't do a podcast for a while. So that's, that's kind of what Tesla's been doing. I have listened to a number of good podcasts recently and watched some other good media. Uh, just recently, I watched the movie Ford versus Ferrari. Highly recommend it. Gives a great uh, picture of some of the what was going on in that early 1960s automotive era with Ford and with Ferrari and uh, the Le Mans race and all that stuff. Ironically enough, just before I saw that movie, I listened to the Ford versus Chevy series on the Business Wars podcast, which I highly recommend. Uh, some of the same characters were in both. Lee Iacocca was a, a main character in the Ford versus Ferrari movie. He was also mentioned in the Ford versus Chevy podcast. Also, uh, another thing that played kind of into that same era it was the John DeLorean movie, which was done uh, by Tamir. I forget his last name, but the the guest on episode number ten of the TC's chart cast. Uh, the movie was called Framing John DeLorean. Really good movie. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. Highly recommend listening to the podcast interview with the producer of that movie. But uh, John DeLorean, of course, uh, early in his career, moved up through the, the, the corporate ladder of GM. Uh, he played a huge role in the Pontiac division with the GTO and 
Um, I think one one or two other vehicles. I think he was involved with the Le Mans, uh, the Pontiac Le Mans vehicle, which ironically enough has is also named after the same race as was the main race in Ford versus Ferrari. So. Also, I'll point out that the, the name GTO that was used for that Pontiac model, which was the major, major claim to fame for John DeLorean early, early on, was named after a Ferrari model. And then the Pontiac Le Mans was named after that racetrack in France. So John DeLorean did kind of steal some names from, from Europe with some of his vehicles. So then... Just today, I was actually driving a lot. Uh, I'm recording this late in the evening, and I actually haven't checked Twitter in something like uh, seven hours or so. So I, I may be way behind on stuff. Maybe maybe some huge news is broken that I'm not going to cover in this podcast, but I wanted to go ahead and get a new recording out there just because it's been too long. Um, but But today, since I was on the road a lot driving... I finished listening to the DeLorean series within the American Innovators podcast. So that podcast series is hosted by Stephen Johnson, who wrote a really good book uh, about, uh, I forget exactly the name of it. It's on my shelf here in my room. But uh, the book was about some different innovations throughout history and how they've impacted the world. Uh, Some of the big ones are glass and uh, air conditioning couple and several others but he just tells the story of how they evolved and developed and and he does similar storytelling within his podcast so he had i think it was a it was either a four or a three-part series on john delorean so uh, obviously it covers a lot of the same things that uh the movie framing john delorean covered uh one thing that i noticed uh that was a little little profound Maybe not that profound. I'll get to some more more profundity in a bit, but a parallel that that I hadn't thought of before, hadn't noticed before, when John DeLorean was acquitted of the uh, the cocaine trafficking charge because he was set up by the government, basically. Uh, after that uh, happened, he spoke some words in the courtroom. I forget exactly what he said, but. It reminded me of when Elon Musk was found not liable of defaming Vern Unsworth, which I think was the wrong outcome in that situation. But uh, Elon, of course, said, my faith in humanity is restored. So both of them had a courtroom exoneration moment where they then had a quote. And that was something I hadn't really noticed before, but I noticed it earlier this evening as I listened to that podcast. But, of course, there are tons and tons of other parallels between John DeLorean and Elon Musk, many of which have been covered ad nauseum. The, the love of stainless steel, the gullwing doors, the naming of the vehicles, the, like the GTO and the Le Mans, uh, that kind of is a parallel to Elon's naming of normal factories as gigafactories, uh, which is something that's been brought up a number of times on Twitter. I think I even tweeted it earlier today. But as I said, I I recommend listening to to that series. So go listen to the the DeLorean series on American Innovators. Go listen to Ford versus Chevy on Business Wars. Watch Ford versus Ferrari if you haven't, which was also 
a high, high recommendation by Machine Planet, who was the most recent guest on episode number 11 of TC's Chartcast. Go watch Framing John DeLorean, the producer of which was guest number 10 on TC's Chartcast. And uh, one more thing that I'll say about the DeLorean series on American Innovators. Uh, there was the, the last part is actually a discussion with I think a senior editor at Jalopnik who wrote a book. I forget the title of the book. I apologize for that. But the the premise of the episode is talking about autonomous driving, which is something that we've talked about on this podcast, of course, and is a, a very, very hot topic of conversation for all things relating to Tesla almost. But um, one particular part of that interview really caught me as being very, very profound. And it was at about the 2615 mark of the, the podcast. Uh, the timestamp may be off a bit, but it was from about the 26 minute mark to about the 29 minute mark. And it, it's, it's a, a discussion where the author mentioned that autonomous driving is going to cause the death of the journey. And his premise there was basically that once autonomous driving is proliferated throughout the world, that the the process of getting places will not, not be nearly the same. Uh, so rather than driving, being fully engaged, looking at your surroundings, all that good stuff, you'll basically just get in the vehicle and you'll start some at one place and you'll finish at another place. You may watch a movie or read or whatever in between. So it'll be a totally different process and a piece of of uh, human life that has existed from the late 1880s through 2030 or whenever whenever autonomous driving takes full hold is is something that we'll lose from that point forward. So he he pointed out that this time in history of human driving is is going to be a unique time in history, which the safety aspects that will ultimately come about once autonomous driving is adequately safe, which it's not yet for, it's not yet safe to get behind uh, or get into a Tesla and not pay attention if you're supposed to be behind the wheel. So keep that in mind. But uh, just the, the process of getting places, seeing your surroundings is something that, that future people won't have the same experience that people today have. And I actually, uh, I made my wife listen to that clip before I started recording this episode, and we, we had a little discussion about it. And she's she's a little bit younger than me, not a ton younger, but even just the difference between our generations, she she has a, a much different experience with driving than I do as a an elder millennial, I'll I'll say. Um, but just the idea of seeing your surroundings made me think back to another podcast episode I listened to recently, which I just listened to yesterday. Uh, it's episode 11 of TC's Chartcast, and the part where Machine Planet talked about how how much he loves the view from 2,000 feet, which that's a view that not a whole lot of people get because on commercial flights, you know, you've got takeoff, and then within probably just a couple of minutes, you're higher than 2,000 feet, and ultimately you end up at 29, 30, 35,000 feet, whatever. But um, from 2,000 feet, you can see a whole lot more than you can see from 30,000 feet. And uh, 
the words in that episode from Machine Planet talking about that fit in somewhat with the the idea of the the death of the journey and the experience of driving and all that stuff. And since I was driving today for something like four hours, I had a lot of time to listen to podcasts. And I find that when I'm I find that when I'm driving or when I'm at the gym working out are two my two best times to listen to podcasts. And ultimately, when self-driving comes about, I'm not sure that I'll be able to have the same focus on listening to a podcast as what I have today while I still have to be engaged with the process of driving. So just something to think about. Um, I haven't read that book from from that guy yet, and I forget the name of it. I'll try to try to look that up and put it in the show notes but I would like to to, I would definitely like to listen or or read that book definitely the part about the death of the journey um at some point uh but back to Tesla so we had the the crazy share price spike um some of the speculation that a lot of people have had myself included of of why the price has gone up so much since December other than the the whole idea that Elon is is fully regulatorily immune and all that stuff. Uh, another piece of the idea is that that Chinese money has flowed into Tesla. Also, as we found out this week, Renaissance Technologies, as of December 31st, 2019, held something like three, three million something shares of Tesla stock. So they had a, a huge increase in their position in the fourth quarter of 2019. I have speculated, and I have no way to find out if this is correct or not, other than uh, circumstantially when the quarter one 2020 um, institutional holdings numbers come out. But I have speculated that that $100 in seven-minute price drop on February 4th, 2020, may have been a partial liquidation of Rentech's, um, Renaissance Technologies, stake in Tesla. Have no way of validating that. It's purely speculation on my part. It there are definitely other people that could have been a part of that that really quick sell off. I don't know. I'm not saying it was illegal or anything. I'm just saying that a large holder apparently sold a lot of shares at that time and that and Renaissance Technologies is, is my guess for who that is because it was very close to the top like very close to a top tick with that sell-off. Subsequent to that, uh, today on the 20th of February, 2020, the share price got pretty... Actually, I guess it was yesterday. I, As I said, I've, I've been really busy at work, so I haven't been able to watch the price nearly as closely, but the share price did get pretty close to that same high level, but it didn't quite get as high. So we had a lower high, which some people might think is notable. Um, we'll see what the share price does from here. Uh, as, as a disclaimer says at the beginning of every episode of the podcast, we don't know the next time step in the simulation. Otherwise, you know, we could be like the Reddit wall street bets people and just, uh, buy our outside the money calls and, and get tons of money for tons of tendies and whatever else. So, um, similar, very very similar to the price action in Tesla since I'll say December 10th, maybe as early as December 9th of 2019, uh, when there were many, many 
outside the money call options traded day traded they a lot of them weren't held overnight but that acted to drive the price of tesla's stock up obviously it's hard to to tell how much of tesla's share price rise was related to that phenomenon versus chinese money coming in versus renaissance technologies building their large position versus a number of other things that that also contributed the main thing, of course, was that Tesla printed a profit for quarter three and quarter four and an adjusted profit that was higher than the gap profit, of course, because they have large amounts of stock-based compensation. And, of course, they printed the, the $1 billion of Tesla-reported free cash flow for quarter four 2019, which numerous places you could look and see adjustments that make that look far less rosy than Tesla wants people to think that it looked uh, particularly the 711 million dollars of increase in accrued liabilities and accounts receivable those numbers may not be exact but that's what I remember in my brain and you can look at them and see the change very easily by comparing um, the balance sheet from December 31st to the balance sheet on September 30th so if you think that my numbers are off please do go double check for yourself. Um, but ballpark wise, they're not off. They're right, right in line. So while Tesla wants you to think that they had a billion dollars of free cash flow in quarter four, 2019, I highly recommend looking deeper at the numbers than the, the numbers that Tesla reported. Uh, look at them for yourself. Look at today's share price and eventually gravity will work again um, eventually the rockets come back down and land on the barges to use a really bad analogy that actually uh, gives a little bit of credit to elon musk for one of the things that he apparently has accomplished as the ceo of a company probably by not overly meddling in the affairs of that aspect of spacex's business a uh, couple things that I failed to say anything about. Uh, just a, I think it was a little bit before the Tesla raise was announced. The idea of uh, a IPO for Starlink was floated. Haven't heard any update on that since the day that the the idea became public. Um, also, Virgin Galactic uh, ticker symbol SPCE has had a meteoric rise recently, which I think has largely been driven by the Reddit Wall Street Bets subreddit. That's what it's called, a subreddit. I had a brain fart there. But uh, I started to say this earlier, didn't get to it, but the the aspect of Tesla's share price rise that was driven by the outside the money call options that were purchased, which then caused the market makers to have to delta hedge their positions and actually buy Tesla shares, which caused a feedback loop that that whole mechanism because of tesla i feel like this is partially speculation on my part from observing the market and what's happened with a few other companies but apparently that mechanism within the market has become fully recognized by a ton of people and has been picked up by this subreddit wall street bets and subsequently with virgin galactic spce uh, earlier this week with Plug, P-L-U-G, 
uh, Ballard Power Systems. I forget their ticker symbol. And uh, today, February 20th, 2020, with Lumber Liquidators, uh, people have used this bit of a glitch in the market to purchase call options, which then forced market makers to buy shares, which has caused massive share price rises for a couple different companies. Uh, how much of it has been driven directly by the the Redditors on the Wall Street Bets subreddit, I don't know. But there's clearly been a correlation, uh, especially today with the lumber liquidators thing, that was uh, pretty clearly driven by the post that went up on Reddit. So uh, Tesla Charts has pointed out that this is basically market collusion. It, it definitely is collusion as it's a coordinated effort from multiple people. Um, I tweeted that I am interested to see what happens from this whole phenomenon. I, I think that eventually the market forces at play will squash this, uh, this practice, but maybe, it, maybe it'll take regulatory action. I don't know. It's, uh, it's been fascinating to watch. Um, so if you go to, to Reddit and just type in wall street bets, you'll, you'll find the subreddit. I don't know how to, how best to navigate that forum. I'm a, a Twitter person. Um, one thing that people have suggested to me in the past is that I check out the real Tesla subreddit. I've heard heard good things about it. Uh, lots of people that are skeptical of Tesla's business practices that post there. Some really smart people there. I was even uh, suggested to interview the the uh, moderator of that subreddit, but I I never have gotten around to, to doing it. Uh, Twitter takes up more time than than I have actually, so. Don't have time to add Reddit in as well. But if you're interested in the markets at all and hadn't heard about that Wall Street Bets thing this week yet, uh, it's fascinating to watch. I highly recommend watching it. I do not recommend uh, partaking or following the herd uh, without doing your own due diligence about legalities and all that good stuff. So do pay attention. Beyond that, do your own research. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Sorry that I hadn't had a new episode out in a while, but life happens sometimes. So I do hope to put a new episode out again sooner than this last one. Uh, we're almost to the end of February. Another thing that, that I hope to get to do in the near future, but may not find time for, is to go back and listen to the March Madness series of episodes from the podcast from 2019. I recall that there was a crazy amount of crazy news with Tesla last year in March and just before March, especially with the February 28th uh, Model 3 announcement thing and the store closure announcement, and which was then reversed on, on March the 11th or 10th. So I hope to go back and re-listen to that. If you want to go back and re-listen to it, please do. Um, and I may... I may do a recap of that here in the near future as, a, as an episode. Who knows? But I appreciate you listening. If you want shorty merchandise, go to evacuationboy.com and find some there. Listen to the chart cast. Listen to some other good podcasts. And uh, be careful with Tesla stock, definitely. As Montana Skeptic has pointed out numerous times, it's, it's a crazy, crazy thing. So 
Be careful out there. Have a good one. Have a happy leap day coming up. And thanks for listening to the Tesla Q podcast. Bye-bye.